Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, when art is easy to create, what exactly is the value? We're talking about some of these new awesome and pro- Lithic prodigious AI creation tools out there and what it means for NFT art. Andrew, what are we seeing in the news these days? Oh yeah, let's get into it, George. How you doing? Um, we got some news out here. It's been a little slow recently, actually. Um, you know, I think a little bit of, uh, maybe in reaction to the uh, price of ETH recently, which, uh, we don't need to get into, but, um, <laughs> let's see. First up here, we ain't got to bother to check. Yeah. Wag Me United, that is, Wag Me United unveiled its new Adidas jersey. So this is a group that has actually purchased a, in real life, a football club that is in the, uh, let's see, let's see, second tier uh, league in England. Um, and their goal is to make it up to the English Premier League. You know, so I think uh, if you've, uh, you've watched, um, some, uh, popular, uh, Netflix recently, you may have seen a show that, uh, had a theme similar to this. Um, but this is, so this Jersey's out with, uh, it's got Adidas on it. We've got a squiggle right in the middle. So some of the partners in this are featured on this Jersey. The idea is that you can, you know, anybody will be able to own an NFT, get a jersey from this eventually, um, but it will be the kind of Web3 team, the team that everybody from from the NFT world would root for. Uh, it's a very different project. I, I was excited when I read into this more and I, I didn't quite realize what was going on when I first, when they first just announced the jersey. I didn't understand all of the other aspects of this, but it's, uh, it's interesting. It gets me thinking about the you know, the history of collective ownership and what the Green Bay Packers did with their sort of faux ownership right. stake of the community owned. But now we can actually do it with NFTs, memberships, trackable ownership. All of that infrastructure is already built and waiting. And when eventually the money comes back in, there's going to be a lot more uh, capital to kind of come in and like take over teams and throw a logo on it or throw a chromie on it. And I'm like, ah, I want to miss squiggle. I missed it. I missed that boat so hard. I might just have to let go of that dream, but cool story. Yeah, you were, you were so close on that one and it ran away. Um, so one thing to note, there are uh, whitelist opportunities. It's a raffle with, um, they have with different partners. I don't remember the full list of partners, but it is in the link. Uh, it does include squiggles, but there are also other art blocks. If you hold any art blocks, there's an opportunity to get a, uh, a raffle spot as well. So check the list, see what other things you may have in your wallet. There's a, a handful of collections, um, and check it out the pre for that. 
Let's see. So oh, we've had all sorts of turmoil in the, the market. This one I just found, uh, I don't know, I found interesting just because of the innovativeness for, for how they're trying to get out of their trouble. This is Celsius, which we've mentioned. Uh, they are owed something like $47 million from Roger Ver, 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 uh, one of the a very early Bitcoin investor. Um, they are now trying to, it was a unsecured loan, so they don't have any collateral. They're now trying to, uh, to issue a new token, um, where you can buy into this at a $47 million valuation with 20% annual uh, interest given to you. I have no idea how they plan to actually get out of raise this money. I guess that the plan is to just wait for Roger to pay them back eventually if, and when the price of Bitcoin goes up enough. I don't know who's buying this token. I just found it's, it's amazingly bad. So in summary, man, who's digging hole to try to get out buys bigger shovel and convinces people he'll dig faster. But you can buy some more. And you, you can jump in this hole too, if you want. So, not specifically NFT related. Oh, it's just, it's just amazing. Be careful out there. There are so many terrible stories coming up. And just always remember, if you don't understand where the money's coming from, uh, it's probably some kind of, you, you're, it's coming you, from you. It's coming you. from you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where it's you do know where it's coming from. But I think it's, this is also watching all of these sort of CFI, centralized finance, masquerading as DeFi, decentralized finance. You realize where the transparency layer stops and where the story started. And I think that's a big lesson of what's been happening when these margin calls, right? People who have borrowed more than they had the ability to pay back when the underlying asset erodes goes down and it's made me i mean i i have somehow you know knock on wood here i have avoided a lot of these platforms but mostly by luck frankly because i've gone on other platforms and relied on them and been like i think i understand it and my only solution over that period of time was like to diversify where i hold things and try to make sure i uh, i own the keys where and if and at all possible so you have another article here about it's time to talk about the baseless board ape yacht club nazi claims well this is interesting more. <laughs> yeah so yeah it, um, there have been accusations going around for a few months now about claims that there are nazi images and likenesses in some of the uh the board ape characters it's it was i believe mostly originated with an artist named writer rips um, it's, you know, it's a lot of things that are near, you know, they're, they're similar to, and then trying to say that because there's a lot of similarities to different logos and all that it must mean this, you know, it, it's, and there's all sorts of articles refuting the whole thing. It's probably, I mean, go read it if you want to, you can find them. It's probably not worth your time, but what's, what Board Apes or Yuga Labs has done in return has, is now, well, he started a, sorry, he started a new collection and started selling the NFTs that were actually pointing to the original files. So as we all have discussed, these NFTs generally just point to another uh, file. So they were pointing to the same IPFS files he was 
selling new NFTs with these. Um, and so Yuga Labs in response has now sued him to get him to stop this. And I think also for, for defamation in general, I think the whole thing is, is pretty ridiculous and is, I don't know. It's, it's unfortunate that this is what it's come to. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I guess maybe Yuga Labs has to, but it also feels so not what the space is about in, was about in general. And, uh, it's, it's pretty, oh, excuse me, just, uh, it's been interesting to watch play out. I don't. I don't think much of the claims and I wish that it would just go away because I don't think it's a very good look for the space in general. Yeah, it just seems like a common story of somebody trying to tear down something out of malice, jealousy, frustration. And the truth is people's ability to be offended is only limited by their creativity. And That's a good way of putting it. So like, I think you got to get pretty creative to draw some of the what I'm reading here, connections that this individual is making. It's too bad. I'm like, I'm not first in line at the board party, but I do not like tearing things down, especially misusing and weaponizing a uh, terrible history of Nazis. Yeah, there's plenty of other things to go after that are, you know, for valid reasons. <laughs> All right, we're staying with board apes here. We've got some, this article has been going around a bit about how a lot of celebrities uh, who were um, very public about buying their board apes, about buying their NFTs, board apes happen to be some of the, the big figures. They are now changing over those PFPs quietly, not making so much noise about that as they go back to their their regular human profile pictures. Um, so we've seen uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon, I think, um, Paris Hilton and a few others have uh, changed those back. I'm, but it's, uh, you know, it's the crypto winter. Yeah, no, it's no longer cool. And guess what? Surprise, surprise. Celebrities are not hodls. They follow the fashion. And this is the like common reprise that I keep coming back to the faster the rise, the faster the fall. And so, you know, it's just a natural, uh, natural ebb and flow, but it is exactly why it is an alarm bell for me when I see someone validating their project because a celebrity has backed it. I'm like, we're going to make it because of this. I was like, you're not going to make it because of that. George, I got to admit, I've also changed my profile picture recently uh, to my new that- little noun, to a new little noun with a wizard hat. Ah! I had to pick up a wizard hat. I like the wizard. I love the dune wizard and uh, had to get one of those little nouns. You finally, finally convinced me. A dune wizard? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's this about? No, no, that's just, just because oh, okay. everybody that words up about Latin. Everyone's a dune wizard. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I saw you, you rolled in on little nouns all of a sudden. You just like, I, I like, you know what you did? You sort of, you waited. Frankly, you waited too long. I gave you the inside hunt. You could have been in the top 100. Well, but I went, I didn't go in the feature. Middle. I didn't go in the middle when the price was way up. I at least did it. You did wait. <laughs> I should have bought way early. But at least I waited long enough that I didn't way overpay. <laughs> but here's, I, I just, you know, the, what I'm seeing here is you looked at it and you're like, look, there's going to be a little noun created every single 15 minutes. And that's like, it's going to march on. And clearly there's going to be like, and we're at like 2,700 right now. There's going to be infinity, right? If you live forever, but it's going to be a limited supply in the sense that it's time bound. And in that scenario, you're just like, oh, I'm going to pick an attribute and I'm just going to hawk this attribute. 
and kind of like make it work with a bit of a theme. So I think it's hilarious. So you have like what two of these little wizards now? Well, I just have one wizard. I have, I have one. Oh, other, you're, you're, uh, bid, you're bidding out there for stop. No, he, yeah, hey, I've got one other though. He's got he's a mustard head or something like that. Oh, he looks like a wizard. Um, I picked. Yeah, up I think second, that might be it. I picked up my second uh, a sponge a sponge head with a uh, a splashy shirt. So I'm going for things that have like themes to them. The, like uh, it's an interesting auction. It's uh, the the dynamic there is it's it's not quite what I thought it was. In that you know they they aren't you know they're every they take 15 minutes, but they can take, you could see yesterday when gas was up for a while, um, you know, saw about an eight hour span where nobody wanted to pay to start the next auction because it was going to cost about 0.05 ETH just to get the new auction going and doesn't go towards your bid or anything. So that, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's some interesting, interesting dynamics in that and you can see that they're actually approaching about a thousand ETH in the treasury. Um, and you know, that's, that's, that's a lot of ETH to do something with eventually. I'm, I still like it. You see me talking about discord. I mean, it's not our featured project, but might as well be. I like, uh, I like those little, I like those little critters. I like what's going on there. Right. Well, speaking of our featured project, maybe we should roll into that now. Yeah. What do we got? We've got this. We talked about this just a little bit, or we mentioned this a little bit in the discord. This is a Vinko wine Dow. Uh, this just minted uh, recently. Um, I think the public mint may actually still be open. It was at 0.3 ETH. Um, and this, it's an interesting project. I haven't seen anything quite like this. Um, they, it's a winery uh, with this, with this NFT, you get, um, you have to stake it for two weeks, but upon staking it for those two weeks, you'll get two bottles of wine. Uh, they've talked about other, um, other, uh, other things to be, to, to be announced later. If you do stake for longer, um, they also have a property. They already have the property up, uh, and um, I'm in the, the Bay area. So for me, it's uh, not too far away, but up in the Napa, uh, area, um, and they actually have that open, um, said that people can go there anytime now, um, as the holder of the place. Um, so they have a large property there, uh, the winery, um, and have a lot of plans um to uh to have more events there uh, with the holders um i like that aspect of it definitely um, is more beneficial for someone that may be in the uh in the area but i do like that they're trying something out where you've seen many wine clubs and wine memberships that um you know are, that are uh, very successful um, some go for a lot of money, um, a lot of money. Um, and I would never, you know, never dream of doing that. But at this point, um, point three ETH with, with, uh, with ETH being where it is, um, you know, it's, uh, about $300 or so. Um, so, you know, it looks like a, a relatively good value compared to what I've seen in a lot of that market. I think that they are trying something, uh, something new and innovative here. Full disclosure. It looks like you are an, you say Invico, Invinco. I think I said it wrong. Evinko? Evinko. I think I said it. I think I put it in Evinko. Yeah, Evinko. Okay. You own two of these, correct? I do have two of these, yes. So I was able to mint two. Um, there are, I think there's a public mint. So, and there's also some that's right around the floor price right now. Or sorry, right around the mint price. You can still get into it. Um, a good amount are staked. You know, I think there's still some available. So, um, you know. And you need to stake, you need to stake your... Uh, you're sort of, I don't know, call them each 
NFT minter, or see two bottles, you need to stake that for, for two weeks in order to get that. So if you're hearing this in the future, keep in mind that initial perk is gone, right? Yeah, I do hope they, they have said that they are going to improve the site so that you can tell a little bit more how much or how long each NFT has been staked. It's not super obvious right now. Obviously, uh, short, uh, shortly after the mint, it's pretty clear that nothing has been staked for two weeks, but at some point I imagine it will be harder to tell uh, what benefits have already uh, been given to each of the NFTs. So, um, you know, hope that they, they do something, you know, do something to improve that aspect of it. Um, I am interested in, in just following what they do up in there, up in there's winery space. Um, they had talked about doing events in other places as well with partner, uh, partner wineries in Europe. Um, so it does seem like they have, they, they have enough, um, experience in the industry they have and, uh, knowledge of this to, to actually, um, drive some value here and uh, we'll see what happens. Full disclosure, I now own two as well. I followed uh, into one and my other bid got accepted. So <laughs> not to be outdone. Here I come. Oops. Whatever. Oops, I can get right. eight in one. I'm staked. I stake both of them. Oh, boy. Mine. I like that there's oh. actual utility you can see. And I do believe, and I want to be a part of this as a business model because I've been thinking like, why hasn't a winery done this um, already? And uh, it... It makes a lot of sense and hopefully, you know, like if the price goes down, I'll have the wine to drink, to forget about the problem of, you know, my JPEG going down. Right, right. All right. Well, why don't we get into our topic? Um, and this was somewhat inspired by, uh, you know, by some discord discussion recently, um, and, and even some examples of, um, some art that was created, but there's, there's a lot of new, uh, AI uh, capable art tools out there that are making it much easier to create um, some pretty impressive artworks. Uh, you've talked about this a little bit recently, George. The big name in the space in my mind is Dolly 2 that is, you know, rising in interest, but that's not actually in play. But there are competitors across the board where these are um, pre-trained generative transformers essentially to like try to categorize it in a sense, but it will turn things you write, words you have written into images of a style or create variations. Yes, there have been already like GANs out there in the past, but they've required a little bit of technical intelligence. You need to download this and uh, kind of train your own in certain ways, but nothing that you can't generally figure out. But it as it gets easier and easier to generate images and images at scale, the question comes very clearly, why the heck am I paying for generative art? It used to be something cool and new. And now you're like, oh, like no offense, but everyone with an iPhone is not Ansel Adams, but there's a bunch of, you know, nature photography now, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's actually a, a good example there. I mean, when photography has faced this criticism for a long time and that everybody, even at the introduction of, of cameras, people thought that, well, now you can just take a picture of what's there and that's not painting it. That's not the same 
as bringing something new to it. You're just actually capturing what I can already go see. So why, why does that have value? And it's not your interpretation of it. It's not you putting, um, I mean, even just adding, being able to put it in a different, uh, or, or, or express it in a different medium. It's really, anyone can go push a button and that was the argument. And, you know, I think there are people that maybe, maybe still think of photography. I mean, you know, we've seen the tools have gotten much easier to, to take great photos, but we, we also know that there's a big difference between what somebody is doing with their iPhone and, you know, you can even use the iPhone, but what an amateur photographer does and what a professional photographer does. And, you know, to me, one of the big differences is, is the, the collection of work over time. And, you know, that's to me, something that still sets somebody apart. And we've seen this before. And I think that we're, you know, we're kind of seeing this play out again here. Yeah. That's really, that's, I guess, how I'm viewing it. Cause you have a two, two sided social change happening. You have the art and you have the technology. And in the 1840s, you had realism and you know, the, the, the French where the realists rejected, you know, romanticism and went with realism. They wanted to say, how accurately can I take these oil paint compounds and recreate what's before me. And in this mimicry was the art. And once you had the ability to suddenly like, ah, got a picture, boom, done. Like, what's the point? You know, it obviously has this then transition and impact onto how do we move into impressionism and then, you know, modern art. And as you push forward and there are these transition periods, but I got to say in that, in that intervailing period. I'm going to have a hard time saying that like, oh, just because you're using this medium doesn't mean it means anything as with, and has always been the case perspective and the point that you're taking, like is going to matter a heck of a lot more. And the, the brand and the narrative of the artist is bringing. Um, and I think there's a difference between what the long-term value we were just talking about squiggles, which are pretty, I'll just be honest. Simple, fairly simple. It's beautiful though. It's, it's simplicity, um, type of generated art, most generated, frankly, from like, that was a GAN, right? No, that, so that's code based. So that's, that's what I'm saying. So everything in art blocks is code based. It's, okay. it's running an algorithm to create that output. Um, not pointing to the file. Okay. I, um, that's a, an important nuance where the, the code is in charge of generating the art versus there's actual AI that has learned on certain sets of images and then run amok on what is the right. next iteration on what's going on. Uh, right. look, you know, I, I feel like every generation does this when a change happens, they like throw up their hands and I'm trying to like find the other side of this, but I'm sorry, but like you putting in random words into a pre-trained AI algorithm and then like selling it off as art, um, I don't think has a long-term shelf. No, I think anything that's easily repeatable by any, and, and that doesn't add anything that doesn't, um, uh, that you're not drawing any specific viewpoint, any specific skill is going to suffer from that. And that's very similar to, to cameras or to any technology we've had before. I think, you know, what we're seeing is we're seeing an introduction of these new tools. We're still seeing that people are learning how to, to use these best. I think there are some people, you know, we've seen 
um, we've seen someone like Pinder Verna Armid that's done a lot of AI uh, generated artwork and it's, and he clearly has a distinct style. I mean, you can see, you can recognize his pieces across different mediums and they, they look similar. Um, and he's certainly been working at it. He's in, in, in different ways. He, he uses both, um, he uses AI to even, uh, he's basically trained a robot, you know, has a robot to actually paint at times, but then has digital outputs as well. And I think that's someone that is, you know, really exploring how to use these tools and, and keep pushing things and keep a very, uh, consistent artistic style to his pieces. Um, and we're seeing a lot of other people that are dipping their toes in and doing some impressive work and maybe you know, to me, it's, they've got to show me that they're going to, to stick around and then push things further because right now it's like, well, that's impressive, but that's impressive in the way that when I first started seeing people take pictures with their iPhone, that those were impressive or that, you know, posting something on Instagram when they first got filters and you thought that those were cool. Yeah, that, that they were fine for a while, but they didn't hold up and you know, there's gonna, it's going to take some time to figure out who that is. And I think it's going to be difficult to, to tell that to see that as collectors for, for a while here. Maybe you can make sense of this. I'm trying, I, I will play the devil's advocate here to my previous statement, and I think I've found it. So if you look at the work done by famous minimalists in the 60s, you know, uh, Frank Stella has some famous ones called black paintings. And as you can imagine, not a lot going on. A series of black lines basically on a board and the other other pieces like Robert Morris, wall floor slab, or Agnes Martin, a white flower. Like minimalist minimalism was absolutely something that came about. And to my previous point, and what you just said is like anyone can do that. So maybe there is coming back to it the importance of both perspective and narrative as to like what is it that you have done uh, that is happening not on the page, but in the concept, you know, we've seen the sort of invisible friends and, uh, that play, but I think there's still like, if you're relying on the impressiveness of the pixel for AI generated art, it's not enough. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree with that generally. I mean, I think it needs to be much more, you know, substantial, I think building a body of work that, that goes together. I, yeah, one, I mean, I guess anytime a, a single, a single work is rarely going to be very impressive on its own. And I think it's hard to, hard to judge even, you know, an amateur's single piece of work versus a professional's single piece of work. And, you know, the, you know, looking at one piece, you could say, yes, I could do that. The difference is you wouldn't have ended up there and nobody would appreciate this because you don't have anything else to go on. You haven't shown that you understand everything else about art. Not say, you know, I'm just saying like this as an, you know, anybody that is an amateur that's saying that they, they can do one piece of art and there's a big difference right now. And I mean, even the dedication to continue to do it day after day, um, you know, that's something that we've talked about with, you know, with a lot of the artists that we've we've looked to, you know, people that were doing this in the space when nobody was paying attention. And those are the, that's going to be a, a difference maker. You know, these tools are, are easy to get today. I mean, to use right now, 
Um, you know, they're very interesting. Who's going to stick around and continue to use these when they realize everybody can, can kind of do the same thing. Who's going to keep pushing it. Who's going to find a different way, a different, a different way to approach this and, and a different, uh, I don't know, different way to influence people in a different way than what they're, what they're seeing right now. And we used the capital A art here where we're talking about pieces that would be contending or be with the likes of art blocks and in the, this sort of idea of like, I'm appreciating it in the gear intelligent watch stuff, right? Yeah. The GAN generated stuff. But I think the other implication of what happens when art lowercase a is easy to create is that we're going to see higher average quality of PFPs that are just rolling off the shelf because these tools are better, easier, faster at making things look as though there was a high quality artist and team and vision applied when actually the tools to generate these pieces just look more polished, right? You can have incredible looking and I'll just be honest, like Aquitar stuff. Like I know that they were working hard on it. They had Disney freaking level artists, Pixar people working on it. That kind of stuff can be done with one sentence and Dolly level AI. So we come back to, if you are seeing high quality art, and I'm putting this in the back of my mind, if you're just seeing engaging the PFP based on high quality image and art, it, 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 it's not enough. We have to look for real utility and not say like, oh, the utility is how beautiful these things are. Like, you had a machine freaking do it. You just had to do it 10,000 times. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I do think there's a big difference when we're talking about PFP collections. I think overall it should make it easier for the image quality to go up and maybe even take some of the, uh, alleviate some of the, the burden from from project creators, you know, that, that aren't necessarily, you know, I think you should have a, a strong artist behind the team, but, you know, I think we also should recognize that, yeah, when you're buying one of a 10,000 PFP project, it's probably not just for the art. Um, you're not, you're doing it for many other reasons and people can focus on creating a strong community, you know, doing whatever else they have on their roadmap, as we have talked about. Um, and I'm even seeing a lot of tools now that are in these no code tools that you can upload different, um, layers to them and then be able to, uh, output, you know, whatever number of variations you want in the end. And you know, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, and I think that, act, you know, when you start thinking about the fact that maybe you've got someone that wants to just hand draw a bunch of, you know, a bunch of different layers, be able to scan them in and upload that and now can have a PFP project that has 10,000 different variations based on all their drawings. I mean, I think we're really unlocking a lot of potential here. There's going to be a lot of junk and there's also going to be some people that really make great use of this and, and push things forward. Yeah. Shout out to myth 47 for creating our first piece of fan art. Uh, Full disclosure, I, I stole it and I'm using it as uh, my Tezos profile. <laughs> that's a great idea. I didn't even, oh, yes. Thank you for that. That's a, that's a great point. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, using these generators, you can, you know, mash up ideas. So, you know, he, they mashed up uh, our 3A logo with my, uh, my, my obsession with stables and, and mostly stable as my, my character. So interesting stuff. That's the, that's the hot take and how I'm thinking about it. Anything else to add? No, I think that was a good, good discussion here. Good talk. See you out there.
This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.